have ever seen the television show or heard of the television show called Alone. All right, anyone out there seen it or heard of it? Okay, I happen to just catch one season about it, and I think every season is generally the same in the idea that they take contestants somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, and you're not allowed to interact with different contestants. They have a certain area that you're supposed to stay, and your goal is to stay there longer than any of the other contestants. Sometimes it's even, if you're allowed, if you can make it 100 days, then you're gonna win a million dollars and things like that. And it's interesting watching these different contestants who know how to survive on the land deal with different things. And so sometimes it's really cold or sometimes there's just a lack of food. But one of the interesting things is watching them as they deal with completely being alone. Like I'm talking to no one but myself like day after day. And maybe I can do it for a little while, but just watching how that plays out in their mind over a certain amount of time is really interesting to watch. Or how many of you have ever seen the movie Home Alone? Raise your hand there, Home Alone. Okay, so like I remember Home Alone, Kevin loved the fact that his family was not around him. Like there was just this tension that you get to see, you kind of feel at the beginning of the movie. And he loves being home all alone, doing all this stuff until a little while. Like then all of a sudden it's not quite as cool. He does have to go up against the bad guys. But if you watch that movie, you see that even in one scene, he's not able to make it by himself. His neighbor has to come and help him out. And then if you watch Home Alone 2, the same type of thing. He's alone again, except he needs the help of this bird lady, okay? So she comes and helps. Then if you watch Home Alone 3, I don't remember anything about it. I watched it once. I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen that one. I did learn in preparing for this sermon, they made a Home Alone 4 and 5. So if you're like interested, go find. I'm sure they have the same concept. But here's this idea. You and I, we are not created to do life by ourselves. We're not supposed to be alone. Now hear me. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be single. I'm not saying that you're not supposed to live in a house by yourself. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that God created us to be in relationship, to be in community just like this. In fact, that's what the, the early Christians knew. They knew that it was important. And so we're looking at this Acts 2.42, and we see that the early church, like right from the beginning, they anchor themselves in Jesus. And what is it they think is important? It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what we looked at last week. But then today, it's this idea of fellowship. And then next week, the breaking of bread and then prayer. So this word fellowship, we don't just go around using it very often. Like you probably don't have a whole lot of conversations with people just going, hey, how's that fellowship going? You know, let's do this fellowship. Sometimes we'll talk about a fellowship hall or a fellowship dinner. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know you've got the fellowship of the ring, that kind of stuff. But we don't just use this word a whole lot. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. So say koinonia. Okay, so you've learned a Greek word, koinonia. Whenever I hear that word, there's actually a different story that comes to my mind. It involves a college student. His name is Ken. And so he went to college, a couple months into it, found a church to get plugged into uh, because it was close to his denomination. So he was learning, but he's like, I just didn't feel like I was getting a whole lot out of it. But he kept going because that's what you were supposed to do. Well, then one day someone comes into his dorm room to talk to his roommate and said, hey, we have this Bible study group called Koinonia, and I would love for you to come. So he invites his roommate, says, we have ping pong. Like, that's awesome. So you should come. And so then he looks at Ken and says, Ken, you should come too. And so Ken decides, 
I like ping pong. So he decides to go to Koinonia and his story, he really catches hold of what God is doing and gives his life to Christ, is baptized, and is completely changed because of Koinonia. There's another college student named Phyllis, and she also goes to college here, and she hears about Koinonia mostly because there is a guy she's interested in that is going to Koinonia, and his name is not Ken. Okay, so, oh, no, it's not Ken. There's another guy that she's interested in, so she starts going there, but realizes that, yeah, that he's not interested in her. And even at one time, she kind of prays God, like, I'm kind of looking for who is it that maybe I'm supposed to marry. She puts a little fleece out saying, if his favorite color could be orange, I'll just know that's who I'm supposed to marry. And so one time at Koinonia, they're talking about their favorite colors, and Ken says, orange is my favorite color. All right, and that piques her interest. And so they begin to become friends, which becomes more than that. They have eventually get married and like they have a son named Andy. And so I am thankful for Koinonia because it is my parents. That's right. So thinking about this idea of Koinonia, it means this idea of fellowship um, also can be translated communion, association, partnership. The root word comes from something that's like common. And so we gather together in a common interest, which is why if you're part of a team or you're part of a group that's maybe reading books and things like that, you can feel like a community because there is a common goal you are working towards. Whether we're reading something, whether we're trying to win, whether we're trying to teach these kids together, there is a common goal and so you feel like community. You know what I think back to when I was growing up? I never watched it because it was an adult show, is what I was told. But the, saw, the, the television show Cheers, okay? Again, I've never seen it, but I can tell you all about, like, the theme song. And it's, you want to go where everybody knows your name. Like, people know who you are. If you keep listening to that song, it also talks about where I realize that we all have troubles that are fairly the same. And so there is a commonality there. It was interesting because I was watching a wrestling video this last year after the NCAA tournament, and one of the reporters kind of said, here are some different things that I have reflected upon. And one of his points was, because two years ago, they canceled it completely. Last year, fans were not allowed in. I just saw the hunger of people wanting to be together. Like, they want this community. They want this relationship with one another. And so even outside of anything religious— this idea that we are made for relationships. You and I, we are made to be in community. And one problem about the American church can be that we make it so much about the teaching and not community. Like sometimes like, man, I'm just going to choose a church based off the sermon that I get, and that's what it is, but there's no interaction with anyone else. And the question is, why does that sometimes happen? Well, part of that is because, man, in this world that we're living in, like we need to know what's true. We need to be able to stand up for what's true. We need to know how to be guided in our life. So the truth is important. But I would also tell you that community, it can be hard. And even telling you that, that's nothing new to you. But have you ever been in a community kind of spot where you actually had to take a step out and ask someone something? Like, not just an, an initial question, but trying to get to know them, like you're putting yourself out there. And for those of you who are introverts, that is really, really hard. Like a while ago when Rick was up here saying, you got to go meet someone, like you were having an anxiety attack. You're like, this is awful. And sometimes stepping into community can be kind of scary. Sometimes it can be difficult just because of the time that's involved. You know what? If I'm really going to build community with other people, it takes time. And like our schedules, they can be busy, even full of good things. And so this idea of community, I like it, but to actually do it can be difficult. 
The other thing that I would tell you that can be hard about community is that you have to trust other people. Like, you know what? I can't control the way that they respond. And so, like, I have to trust them that they're not going to just hurt me. And, man, if you've ever been in a relationship where someone has stabbed you in the back, it can even cause you to be even more cautious about making that step into community because we don't want to be hurt again. And so even thinking about these things, man, I understand that it is hard, but this community, it is a two-way thing. Like it's a being invested in while I also invest in other people. And so the people here at the beginning, they knew this was important, but I will tell you community, man, sometimes it's easier just not to do it and try to function by yourself, but that's not the way that we were made. And so biblically looking, like I was looking at scripture, what does it mean to be community? I mean, we see these people devoting themselves to fellowship. What does that look like? Let me tell you five things real quick on what community looks like from the scriptures. And the first thing is this, that people need to be together, all right? They need to be together. And so in Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, it says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. If you look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, if we want to be in a relationship, if we want to be in a community, we have to to be there. We have to be present. And there needs to be a consistency to that presence. If I only show up once a month to something, but then I'm like, but I don't feel like I'm connecting with anyone. Part of that is because you're not there and you cannot build a relationship if there's not a consistency. And I get that even COVID happened. Some people are even still in their houses, like because of medical reasons, and that's hard. And so we've had to figure out how do I have presence even with COVID? And so we've learned about things of Zoom, where we've made those phone calls more important. And so even if I can't physically be there to see you face to face, to have community, we have to have that connection. So that's what we see here right from the beginning is that they need to be there. Here's another thing that we see as far as being in community. They had to build up. They have to build up other people. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Or in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Or even in Romans chapter 1, uh, 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And so part of this idea of being in true community means I have a responsibility to help other people, to build them up, to invest in them, not just sit here and take, 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 but there's, an, there's a spot where I am supposed to invest in other people of what God has given to me. And when we do that, it helps the entire body. Like it helps all of us. And so there is so much tearing down, like not just in the church, like in the world today. And God says, if you want to be in this community, let us help each other and not just try to hurt. So we got to build each other up. Here's the third thing from scripture. The idea of being united. We have to be united. In Acts 2.42, it says, or 2.44, says all the believers were together and they had everything in common. Or in 1 Corinthians 1.10, says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, 
and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. In John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And when we talk about this word fellowship, it means that we are united by a common goal and we're going to work towards that goal. And I can guarantee you that being unified does not mean that everyone always agrees. Like anytime you put a group of people together, there's going to be some difference of opinions. But the question is, after those discussions, can we work forward together towards the common goal? That's what being united is. And if we do that as the community of believers, then we're actually answering Jesus's prayer here in John chapter 17. So we need to be united. Here's the fourth thing from scripture. We need to be willing to share. We need to be willing to share. And so some of that is financially. Like if you listen in Acts 2.45, it says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Or in Acts 4.32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. That's not the only kind of sharing they had. They also shared their burdens. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If we are living in relationship, if we are living in community that God wants us to do, that means that no one is by themselves. No one is all alone. And so that means, okay, let me have my eyes open to see how I can serve people around me. If you've ever watched the TV show New Amsterdam, Max's quote that he always goes around asking people is, how can I help? Man, that needs to be our question. We're going up to people. How can I help? How can I be here for you? That we are sharing each other's burdens, finances, those kind of things to be able to do it. And so what I have, let me use it to help you. Like what situation are you going through? Why don't you talk to me? Let me listen and let me walk through this with you because those who are in community are willing to share. And then here's the last one. As far as those in community, we have a sense of equality. There's a sense of equality. Romans 12:10 says, "Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves." And Romans 12:16 says, "Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited." You know what, if we're supposed to be connected and we really want to be connected, you have to have a sense that you aren't better than anybody else. Like we all have to be, uh, have this humility. We have to be humble. And as Christians, I realize that me being saved does not make me any more valuable than anybody else. And even in a church setting, sometimes people go, well, look, look, there's some leaders. I get it that leaders have a specific role and those roles are important but none of them are more important as far as to Jesus. None of them are loved any more than you are. There is a sense of equality between the group. And man, if you think, that, well, I don't know if that's right, and just look at Jesus. He had every right to say, hey, look at me, and he didn't. Instead, he chose to serve. And so for true community, there has to be this sense of equality. And those are aspects of true biblical community that we see from Scripture. 
All right? So now I've been talking for like, I don't know, 12 minutes, 13 minutes. So it's time to play a game. So kids, you get to play. Older kids, you get to play. Kids at heart, you get to play. If you're just like, I've been sitting here for 12 minutes, I'm going to play. All right? You can do that. This game is called Monster, okay? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a number and a body part. And what's going to happen is you have to find that many people to connect up together, and you have to connect by that body part. So if I said 51 no's, which I'm not going to, but you would have to find 51 people and all connected the nose together to make this monster, okay? So that's what's going to happen. When we play it with middle school and high school, we used to eliminate people. We're not eliminating anyone because we're the community, okay? So go ahead and stand up, and I'm going to tell you a number and a body part, and I want you to create these monsters, okay? So here we go. The first one, I need seven elbow, seven elbow. So find seven people, and you're going to connect up at the elbow. Seven elbow. Find seven people connecting at the elbow. If you need some people, tell them, we need this many. Come help us out. Those are some good looking. It might feedback if I went there. <laughs> All right, those look like pretty good monsters. Here's your next one. Oh, I need five knee, five knee. So you're going to do five connecting up in the knee, five knee. I'm seeing some monsters form everywhere. All right, looking good. Here's the next one. Three top of the head. Three top of the head. <laughs> Got to figure that one out. Three top of the head. I love it. I see monsters all the way around the park. All right, here we go. Ten hand. Ten hand. Ten people with a hand. You're connecting at the hand. All right, that's looking good. Here's the last one. The last one. Seventeen foot. 17 foot, the last one, 17 foot. I hear some cheering, some good, I'm gonna trust you have 17 because I don't, I'm not gonna count. Once your monster is made, you guys can go sit back down. Fantastic, making the different monsters. I love it. All right, hey, I know some of you guys are still making your way back. As we played that game, every monster was different based on the number, based on how what body part you were connecting it with.
Here's the thing about even community within the church. It often looks different. Like even congregations, okay, this congregation community can look different than this congregation. But even within it, like within South Rock, communities can look different because more than likely there is no way you can know everyone that is here on an intimate level. But there can still be lots of communities within this community. And I think that's important for us to remember because the early church said, this is so important, so we're going to make sure that we keep meeting together. They made it a priority. All right, but I don't want you just to hear that from me. We actually have a video where we talk to some different people from our church. And we just ask them a couple questions. Hey, tell us about the community that you have within the church. So I want you to take a look and see what they said. My name is Zach Iverson. I've gone to South Rock for about five years now. This is Bill Alley. And I'm Gail Cox. And I've been here for probably, I don't really know exactly, but I'm gonna say maybe 10 to 12 years. Less than a year. Yes. Yeah, less than a year. Hi, I'm Rylan, and I've been at South Rock since 2016. Hello, my name is JD Rolls, and I've been going to South Rock for about almost four years. Hello, I'm Dixie Chapman, and I have been with South Rock eight years. I met a group of people, and uh, they invited me to come sit down with them, and. Ever since then, I was like, hey, I just want to come back here. Actually, uh, my connection with it would be through my daughter that were members here. And uh, uh, my wife passed away recently, and both of us liked very much this church, and uh, it made us feel at home. Um, I got started with Impact because I got invited and decided to go, and then I really enjoyed it. Uh, I initially connected with the community in the church by volunteering to hold the door open and small things like that. And as I did those things, I met a lot of wonderful people in the church and they invited me to take part in other, other things such as Rooted or Stephen Ministry and stuff like that. And all I had to do was say yes. The community has benefited my walk because in 2019, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and they were there for my family and they really just supported my family no matter what we needed, whether it was food or one of us kids needed a ride, they were just always there to help us out. So. You can't do it alone, I feel like. I mean, you can only go so far by yourself and just the more you, you know, the more you have people together is just the farther you're gonna go because you can easily get distracted by yourself and then you need other people to lead you or lead them, you know. You are not alone. And God did not make us to be alone. He wants us in a community and we need to be there for one yeah, another. Absolutely. Because you will just be blessed. I'm extremely thankful for the church and the community. I've I've I'm kind of a rookie. So I haven't been to a ton of churches or nothing, but this church was very different to any than anything I had experienced in the past. And so upon coming here, it was it was really uplifting to to know that there's so many like-minded people that just want to come together and and walk with Christ together. So it's very strengthening. <laughs> and you can pick and choose. I mean, it's you know, um, it's just like. Pardon me for saying so, shoes. You can't wear all different kinds of shoes and you're, you don't fit in all of the groups. And that's what's wonderful. 
that there is something for everyone. You know, a lot of people will come up to you, but it's up to you to take that, that uh, next step. And if you get into a community, I promise you, you won't regret it. Take the step, it's worth it. Every single time, uh, even if it's something that you think you may not excel in or may necessarily be called to do, uh, each time you take that step forward and connect with people that are like-minded, it's always worth it every time. So I would just tell you relationships are important and you may end up connecting with someone that you never would have imagined that you would. And in doing so, uh, it may bless your life a ton. But I also told you that it's a two-way street and so it can be scary stepping out that very first time. But man, the benefits vastly outweigh the risks. So let me just ask you this question to ponder. Like, do you live in community? And I'm not just talking about everywhere, but within the church, do you live in community? Like if you're to look at your life, are you there? Like do you build other people up? Do you have an attitude that is unified? Are you willing to share with others? And do you feel this sense of equality with everyone that you're around? You know what, since we're talking about this idea of being anchored in community, at the end of today, um, we have like three white tables at the top and then there's a couple at the information table, but you're gonna be able to get one of these keychains that has an anchor on it. Okay, and it again can remind you um, just of this entire series, but we're going to have one per family. And the reason we're just doing one per family is because there's also, um, within the same bag, five different key tags. All right? And so on the anchor keychain, you can put these five different tabs. And what I want you to do as a family is think about who is my community? At this church, who is my community? And so, like, maybe one of your kids, well, my community is this person or this group. Another one of your kids, maybe this. For us, maybe it's a study or a small group. For you, maybe it's an individual. You know what? When I think about community, this is the person that I talk with all the time. If you're relatively new and you're like, I don't know anyone yet, maybe as you take this, this is something you pray over and go, God, would you help me to fill this? Not just because the pastor said I should, but because this will help my life to really be able to live in community. And so, again, at the end of the service, I would challenge you to grab uh, as a family one of these keychains with the five key tabs and talk about that maybe at lunch maybe later today but who is the community that you live with all right God calls the church to be connected and committed but not just with each other also with him and so a lot of times when you see the word fellowship it actually is tied with the father or the son and the holy spirit that we would have fellowship with him that we would be connected with him and so we were we were made to be in relationship with other people like that's just how we were made but even more than that, we were made to be in relationship with him. And Jesus did everything he could to make sure that we would get to experience that for eternity. Like he came to die on the cross to take our place so that our sin would not be held against us. And can I tell you, that relationship is greater than any other relationship you will ever have. And so our song that we're singing here is all about surrender and God do whatever you want to. And so maybe part of that is today, God, in this community, do whatever you want to with me. Like, help me to have the boldness to take that step and find a community. Or God, help me in the community that I'm at. May I open myself up more. May I invest in others more. God, I pray that you will do whatever you want to with the community that I'm part of. Maybe for some of you, it still has to do with God. As I continue reading your word and understanding who I am, God, just use me and teach me. And for some of you, maybe today, like today is the day you're like, God, I want to follow you anywhere. 
like whatever you want to. I want to follow you with my life, like not putting it off any longer. I've heard this message. I need a relationship with you. And if that's you here in just a moment, we have two blue tents at the back. That's where our decision points are. If you want to talk about what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus, if you want the community to pray for you, if it's like, hey, I just got questions about the church. We want to come alongside of you during this. And so while we're singing, I'd encourage you to go to the back to one of the decision points. But with our life, may we live in this community, but may we continually live in our relationship with Jesus. Let's stand and sing. And if you have a decision to make, go back to the blue tents.